the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dalkus, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everybody. This is the last episode in December, and then I'm going to go on a little break and come back with brand new guests. And actually, next year, next season, we're going to do a lot of revisiting with guests that have been on. Now that we've done over 300 episodes, I'm ready to start revisiting some of those first people that I interviewed. I had some great initial guests in that those first couple years that I'm sure you don't even realize were on the show, and I'd love to get an update from them and point you back towards their past episodes, so that's pretty exciting, and you can look forward to that in the new year. But today, my guest is Julie Reynolds. Julie is an extraordinary mom of two daughters who recently wrote the book, The Warrior Backpack, and it's a children's book for kids that is talking about anxiety. And you know, I've talked about this, I personally struggle with anxiety. One of my kids has also struggled with anxiety at different times in his life when we've moved and he started a new school. We've had really great experiences with school counselors helping us out. And Julie is really amazing because she has a career as a school teacher, a school counselor, a therapist, and she has a lot of really deep insights into the struggles that kids are facing today and how to help them work through their anxiety and what does anxiety look like at different ages. I'm so excited to chat with her today about this really important topic. And if this is something that speaks to you, you can pick up the children's book, The Warrior Backpack, which is also illustrated by her daughters. So that's another cool fun fact. So let's get to it with Julie Reynolds. All right, I'm so honored to be chatting with Julie Reynolds today. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really, really appreciate it. It's truly my pleasure. Um, The topic we're going to talk about today is really um, pertinent in my own life. Like I've shared on the podcast before, I personally struggle with anxiety and my kids have at different times as well. And so I think it is becoming more talked about. Mental health for children is becoming more of a conversation and having less of a stigma, but we have a ways to go still. I'm sure you've seen in your profession kind of that evolution. Have you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, I feel like we have a long way to go, but we've made really great strides, especially with everything that's happened in you know society. I think people are more understanding, more forgiving, and it's being talked about a lot more. Yeah, without a doubt. Where am I speaking to you from? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Oh, awesome. Is it snowy yet? No, it's been like 70 degrees and what? sunny every day. It's I've crazy. seen really un- – I'm in Southern California, and it's actually – we have a cold snap like today, like cold for us. But, yeah, it seems unseasonal like a lot of places in the country. So, interesting. Well, Denver's, yeah, Denver's no, lovely. No complaints. I was just yeah. on a walk with a girlfriend of mine, and it's like 65 degrees and oh, beautiful. And you're like, what in the world? Well, you'll take it. That's awesome. Well, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family, Julie? Yes, of course. So first of all, um, I have been a school teacher. I started off as a teacher. I taught third grade and sixth grade, and then I moved into the school counseling realm. So all in all, I was in the schools for about 15 years. Um, I went and got my master's in school counseling and then got a secondary degree to get my licensed professional counseling degree. Um, 
and started a small private practice as well. And then I fell into this online space over here and I um, have built now multiple businesses online through social media, through you know YouTube, all of that. And recently got started back kind of at my roots as to who I am at my core, which is helping kids, you know, having been 15 years in the schools, helping kids with anxiety. I'm a mom of two girls myself. Um, they're nine and 11. And I see, you know, some of their own personal struggles, some of the struggles that their friends have had. And I love to be able to be like a resource given all of my expertise and how many years I've been working with kids. And so that's a little bit about me and what I've got going on and kind of the impetus for the book that I published and all of that. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor, and that is Evite. If you have been not living under a rock, you've probably received an Evite in your inbox. And it's the easiest way to invite friends and family to gatherings of any kind. In fact, I just responded to an Evite yesterday that I received. Evite offers thousands thousands of free invitation options that are all fully customizable to your occasion. Birthdays, weddings, baby showers, holiday parties, whatever you're celebrating, there's an Evite for that. And Evite's design templates make it easy and fun to not only invite people, but also collect the RSVPs that people are so bad about giving. What the heck? Just RSVP. But Evite makes it super simple. It's easy to create and send invitations out. And what I love about it is that it's so easy to do when and we're getting less communication with our kids' classes at school, I know that the parents are going to receive these invitations in their inbox safely, whereas if I send an invitation to school, I just don't know if it's gonna make it all the way home. You know what I mean? That's why Evite is so incredible. Evite is helping make my celebrations feel extra special and they can help you too. Head over to evite.com EEP to choose from thousands of design options to create and send invitations for free. That's evite.com slash EEP, evite.com slash EEP. Now let's keep going with Julie. So I was a school teacher as well and there have been parts of me as I've now become a mom and now I've seen different parts of the education system. I think school counselors and that presence in the schools is such a has such a huge impact in a, in, a, in a really a different way that teachers can't quite address when they have 30 kids in a classroom. But being able to have that one-on-one -on -one time with a child and a school counselor. When we moved here um, three years ago, my at the time second grader, you know, it was mid-year, he was didn't know anybody starting, and he had a really hard transition. And thankfully, his teacher suggested, well, what if we refer him to the school counselor? And I always thought, you know, only certain kids needed to go to the school counselor, and I wasn't sure that my child was a fit and wouldn't have thought of that. But boy, was it a game changer for him. A, just the one-on-one -on -one and that special time where he felt seen being pulled out, and then also the quality of the information he was being given and having, you know, tools for when he felt nervous and you know, some some assignments to do, you know, on a given day and to report back and, and then to have that relationship with her when she would, you know, be the crossing guard after school and he could, you know, kind of like wave at her like, I know her. It was just so wonderful. It just took a few months and it caught him over the hump and I am so grateful. I love that. I love that. No, I mean, and that's the thing is I'm a true believer in like, you don't need to be in therapy, so to speak, or seeing a counselor or school counselor for a year 
years on end. And, you know, it, it goes back to that stigma, right? Like there's nothing wrong with you if you do need a little bit of extra help and support. But it's amazing what just a little bit of help can do to make you start thriving again and living, you know, kind of like your best life. Yeah, absolutely. And so after all of those years in the education system, I love that you up and continued your education to kind of, you know, expand that side of your life. And I've also kind of considered, huh, what would that look like if I did something like that? Because mental health is something I'm really passionate about and interested in. And at the very least, it can definitely serve me and my, and my family. But the schooling and the practical hours that you need to like certify that really stresses me out julie should it stress me out or should i just go for it how how old were you when you started pursuing that so i was so i'm 44 years old now okay um i was uh, i was a teacher right out of college so i was about 23 years old and i knew right away that i wanted to be a counselor a mm. school counselor okay. um but I was told that I needed to get more experience. I was really young. And if I was going to be helping parents, I needed to have a little bit more practical experience and helping teachers as well. So I went and got my master's in school counseling. I want to say it was like 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got my LPC, which is that additional certification, right? I got that. It, took, it takes about two years postgraduate work of all your internship hours and your supervision hours and everything like that. So I want to say that I was, I don't know, like 36, 37. I'm old. I don't even know. No, I know. And and I'm turning 38 next month. And, and I mean, I just had another baby. And so I'm still a few years out from when I want to, you know, pursue full-time work outside the home again. But I just, my wheels are always kind of turning. Like, is this like even a reasonable goal? But my mom went to college for the first time when she was 40 years old to become a preschool teacher. And that's like her life's calling as a career outside of the home. And she's had plenty of years to do that and do it really well and really enjoy that. So I think we kind of have this limited mindset when we're in the throes of motherhood or in the early stages of your career, like, well, I can't make a change or I can't, you know, invest more money or more years because it just feels too daunting and that holds us back. And I don't think we need to be held back in that way. No, I would agree 100%. I mean, and the thing is, is if it brings you joy and it brings you passion, yeah. then go for it. Yeah, you know that's what right. I'm saying? That's what life is about. Life's too short to be doing things that you don't love doing yeah. and um, helping you overcome, you know, like some of the barriers. Like those are just barriers. But at the end of the day, you know, maybe it'll take you three years because you're doing it part time and not full time, you know, but that's okay because three years to be able to then go on and and do something that you're passionate about that brings you so much joy, it's totally worth it. I totally agree. Yeah, okay, that's a good vote of confidence. I like it. I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket, and that's definitely worth looking into and getting more information about. That's really yes. cool. That's awesome. So obviously the mental health struggles and the triggers and the pressures, you know, change depending upon how old our kids are, you know, into adulthood, you know. and But today we're going to focus on mental health with children, specifically anxiety. Tell me about what you've seen in your practice or in the school system. Kind of how do these mental health challenges present themselves? What are some of the things that parents need to be looking out for? Can you kind of give us like a high level view of of what you're seeing? Sure. No, absolutely. And I think that um, 
This is really important because I think anxiety can mask itself in different ways. That's right. In fact, I was just talking to my girlfriend whose daughter was on ADHD medication. And she's like, I actually think she probably had more anxiety than ADHD. Hmm. Um, and so there's different, and then there's comorbidities, right? Where like you, you know, you're suffering from, like you said, ADHD and anxiety or, you know, bipolar and anxiety. I mean, there's so yeah. many different ways that anxiety pulls up and, what I like to say is I like to everybody anxious, being anxious is a feeling, right? It's an emotion that we all have. What happens with anxiety is it's almost like that fire alarm that is constantly going off and it's mistriggering. So we have anxiety because it's our body's way of making sure that we're safe, making sure that we're, you know, in that fight or flight because God forbid something is happening to us. Right. But when people are suffering from anxiety, what happens is, is that fire alarm is constantly malfunctioning. And so you're living in this state of, oh, my God, something's going to happen. And so what you see with kids a lot of times, especially now with the pandemic, and I've noticed it, you know, even with the other day with my own daughter going back out into society and she's like, I don't. I, I don't like this Molly. I, I think we need to leave mom. And I was like, well, mm. what do you mean? She's like, there's, there's a lot of people. So you're going to start to pick up on some of these things that your kids are saying where you might not think it's a big deal, but it could be their anxiety creeping in, you know? Mm. And so it's nail biting, it's hair picking, it's little subtle comments of, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. It could be temper tantrums for something that you're like, why are you having a temper tantrum right now? You know, because they're just not able to articulate exactly or label it for what it is. Yeah. And I think for a lot of kids in the elementary schools, parents who struggle with mornings and getting their kids out the door or, you know, them picking fights about, you know, being ready and, and being able to, to go to school easily or separate, things like that. A lot of times these symptoms that we're seeing, the root is actually anxiety and it's you know not actually the manifestation of it's not just the you know I, I can't find my shoes like okay they, they probably could solve that problem if they wanted to but that's just one thing that's an indication that something else is going on absolutely it's like peeling back the layers I always describe it as like peeling back the layers of a um like to get to the heart of things, right? So an artichoke, right? There's all these different layers, but when you get to the heart of where your kids' behaviors are coming from, not all the time, some of the time it mm -hmm. can stem from anxiety. Hey everyone, I want to jump in again and thank another show sponsor, and that is Pros. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care, and a product that works wonders for curls may make straight hair limp and greasy. And just because I follow someone online and certain hair product works great for them, it doesn't mean it's a slam dunk for me. I have really dry hair, and actually since having my fourth baby, my hair has changed a lot, and it's really textured in a new way, and it's been really hard to manage. That's why I'm so excited about pros because my personalized pros routine has been so incredible because it starts with customized hair care. That's right. You have an in-depth consultation and they ask you questions like, where do you live? What kinds of heat tools do you use? How often do you wash your hair? Things like that. And all of those factors play in to the type of hair care that you need for your personal hair, right? So Pros analyzes all my answers and determines a unique blend of ingredients that should be in every product for my custom routine. They get all my hair goals covered. And it is so fantastic. I am personally a once a week 
hair washer. And so Pros accommodates that. And actually my products last a lot longer that way. So <laughs> just a little plug for that. Another cool thing is that they are a B Corp. So they're an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. Plus, if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They'll take products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash EMP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash EMP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Just start there and I know you'll be blown away by what Pros comes up with. Now let's keep going with Julie. How do you know if it's, you know, just you know, a temper tantrum or them being a stinker or them being disorganized or if it's, there's something else beneath the surface. Well, it's funny because it's one of the reasons that I wrote the, the children's book that I did, right? It's called the warrior backpack. And I love to teach kids through bibliotherapy. So if you're questioning it, like if you're finding that like, mommy, please just lay with me here at night, I'm scared. Or mommy, I don't want to go to school. I hate school. School's awful. You know, and you're starting to hear all of these things and you're like, hmm, could it be? Maybe could it not be? I mean, the first thing I would recommend is definitely run it by your pediatrician. You know, always seek medical advice or medical suggestions. Give them some of the symptoms, some of the things that you're seeing and piecing it together. But it's just, it's like collecting clues, right? So just because they don't want to go to school does not mean that they have anxiety. But maybe if they're having trouble falling asleep, you know, and they're scared about the morning or maybe, you know, and you're putting all these pieces together from this puzzle and you're like, huh, maybe this is what's really going on. Bibliotherapy, reading books about kids with anxiety and just kind of asking, like, does this sound like you? Is this something that you feel like you go through sometimes? And I have found being able to pull it out that way is really, really helpful because kids can then identify it through somebody else and not necessarily themselves. Yes, because so many times our kids can don't even know what they're feeling or have a hard time articulating or haven't really thought twice about it. They're just in the feeling portion of it. They're not in the analyzing portion of it, especially these young kids. And so when you're able to you know, have them become an observer of another character or talk about, frame a discussion in terms of like, friends or you know just somebody on the outside it takes the pressure off them to a feel like they're being judged Mm -hmm. or being outed or you know feeling vulnerable in a way that doesn't feel safe to them or just insecure about I love that and I love that you provided this resource the warrior backpack to do that and I've seen lots of different books um, for different ages and I think that is a great way to kind of safely bring it up And not like be like, is this you? (laughs) Or like you do this too. But say like, huh, what do you think about that? Have you ever noticed feeling that way? Or I felt this way before. What about you? Right. It's a great way. So it masks it, but at the same time it gets some talking and processing it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the Warrior Backpack. What age group did you write that for? (laughs) It's so funny. I wrote it for anybody. Typically what I would say is like a kindergartner through like third, fourth grade, right? Um... My girlfriend called me the other day. She's like, I'm doing the mountain climbing. (laughs) (laughs) So while it's for younger children, you know, more elementary school age children, the strategies that you learn throughout the book can help anybody um, that is feeling anxious. That is, you know, how to get them to calm down. Yeah. And so can you give a little like 
snippet into what we learn in the book? Sure, absolutely. So the book is, well, first I have to give a little plug for my daughter. She's 11 and she was the illustrator of the book, Amazing. which just melts my heart. Yes, me too. <laughs> um, but it's about a little boy. His name is... Um, his name is Daniel and he goes to school and, or Alex, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Daniel. His name is Alex and he's, he's waking up in the morning and he's seeing some of those signs that we see as a mom, right? Like, mom, I don't want to go to school. My stomach hurts. I don't feel good. And, you know, I think it's really important as a mom and as a parent that we start to label these things for our kids so that they know, I know it feels like you don't feel good. That's your anxiety talking, you know? Mm -hmm. And so throughout the book, he's, really learning that this is what his anxiety is telling him and four different strategies that he can pull out throughout the day at school. Now it can be at school, it can be anywhere. This happens to take in place at school. Mm -hmm. um, four strategies that he can use throughout the day to help calm him down and to help stop his racing heart, his you know thought process, all of that. I love that. And so your friend used the mountain climbing. What is that one? <laughs> That's one of the tips that Alex uses. And so it's basically taking your hand, breathing up the mountain and breathing in and bringing down the mountain and breathing in, and breathing in. like having them trace their fingers up and down the mountain. So oh, I love that. So you're literally just taking one hand out, starts like a high five, and then tracing around the hand. And as you're going up and down, you're breathing in, breathing out. I love that. And I'm sure that sensory tactile thing, aside from just seeing like count to five in your head, actually physically touching your body, like is that part of it? It's just the whole thing. So what you're doing is you're getting your brain to get you back into that present moment, right? Mm. So I always like to say when you're when you're depressed, you're thinking about the past. When you're anxious, you're thinking about the future. Where we want to live our life is we want to live our life back into that present moment. Yeah. And so by doing that breathing exercise and really focusing right then on there in that present moment and you're tracing and you're watching and you're using all of your senses, kind of like you said, you're bringing yourself back into that present moment. Yeah. And it's really empowering for our kids to have these tools. And it's almost like having little superpowers, right? And when they well, know the that they can backpack. help so themselves. He throughout the day, this imaginary backpack that he carries with him yeah. to have these tools so that he can be successful throughout the day. Yes. I love that so, so much. And I love that even your adult friends and, you know, people listening can, can benefit as well because these are universal principles that, that work for every age. And I think too, even if your child is not struggling with anxiety or you're not sure, these are just helpful practices in general in life. And like I had um, my oldest, who's now 12, when he was really young, we were having him assessed for ADHD and he just was just on a different level, just like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to not control him, but like be able to help him to focus and be successful. And I really questioned, like, could he be successful? Because he never stopped moving. He never stopped talking. He never stopped processing. It was just like constant. And he did not test, you know, in, in the window of ADHD. However, all of the same principles that help support children with ADHD, and I wasn't even seeking medication, but I was just looking for any type of validation and any type of resources. But when I started treating him as if 
he did and doing you know some of the same things and helping him transition in the ways you help children with ADHD and you know scheduling different things and creating visuals all these things it helped him too and it helped my other kids who weren't like that and so I think when we're really intentional and you know you don't have to fall in a certain box or have a certain label in order to benefit from these types of strategies they're so helpful Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, they're just survival strategies, they right? Really so are. like if you've got a kid that is, you know, maybe a little bit ADHD with, you know, the inattentive hyperactive, like yeah. giving them breathing tools to calm their bodies down and desensitize themselves. Like all of those strategies can be used whether you've got anxiety or you not or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's just finding really good coping strategies to help you with everyday things. Yeah, absolutely. And so We've kind of been talking about younger age kids. Talk to me about tweens and teenage kids. How are you seeing anxiety manifest itself? And are there specific things that we can do to help these kids to feel more present, more mindful in the space that they're in, and not so anxious towards that future thinking like you're talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a hard world for these teenagers and you know tweens so to speak and it's it it is it is anxiety provoking Mm -hmm. um with social media nowadays it's i'm glad i'm not a teenager that's all i can say it's really really challenging and the struggles that they're facing are things that you and i never faced you know it's a it's a very different generation um and so i you know we see a lot of um peer pressure a lot of cutting Social media has not helped things a whole lot. Um, One of the things that I have found that helps the most is really trying to preserve the family unit Mm. as best as you possibly can. Um, You know, as kids get older, they want to flock from the nest, so to speak. And while it might not always appear that they want to be with you and hang out with you, it's really, really important that you try to make that time to connect with your kids more so now than ever. Um, and really, like I said, bringing in that family unit, spending time together as a family, having meals together as a family, taking away social media in their bedrooms. Um, you know, I'm not saying taking away social media, but in their bedrooms, electronics, really trying to preserve um, and bring that family unit back together. Yeah, absolutely. And so for anybody listening that maybe does have a teenager that is pulling away and kind of bucking against that system of you're trying to draw them in and they are, you know, pushing, 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 and maybe even acting out. Obviously they still need that, but how do you, how do you bring them back into the fold? How do you, what does that look like? So I feel like it's about scheduling and it's about Mm -hmm. having those expectations, right? So you're going to, and what you what what it's really hard right the more they push away the more they need you and it feels bad as a parent you're like oh my god you know never mind it we'll just not do it right Mm -hmm. always think of the end in mind right and so you're gonna go through that struggle but let's say you say okay you know what every sunday night that's family so every sunday night we are gonna know that as a family we are starting this rule and you are part of the family phones are down We're going to do movie night. We're going to do dinner. We're going to do pizza, whatever it may be, right? This is our scheduled family time. And if you make that expectation the norm and you set it out and you schedule it in ahead of time, not just like spring it on them, like, hey, it's Sunday night. We're going to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, mom, I've got this. I've got this. Like, 
I really believe family meetings are super duper important for families to kind of reconvene once a week, once every other week, talk about what's working, talk about what's not working, having those open lines of communication, and then scheduling in that family time and making it a non-negotiable. Yes. And I love how you brought up family meetings because I think that is a highly underutilized tool for families because so many times kids maybe want to talk to their parents, but maybe they want to bring up something that's uncomfortable. And so they don't know when and how to actually bring it up. And there's not like a format where they feel safe or non-awkward doing that or, um, yeah, or, or anyway, so having a, a time that is prescribed for them to know this is the opportunity I'm going to have. If I can't feel like I can't bring it up any other time during the week, this is the time and I can look forward to that. And it can be really good things that they want to share or tough things. And I think also developing really healthy communication so that you're not freaking out when they bring something to you that, you know, may want you to freak out on the inside. But being able to, to be a safe place for them. Um, yeah, any tips and for parents to be that <laughs> safe place? One of the things that I do with my girls, and we don't do it as often as we should, I'll be honest. You know, we're not perfect over here. But we have a journal that we go back and forth with. Oh, love that. And so they write me. Because sometimes, right, sometimes our kids don't want to talk. But they need to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And so they'll write me a message. I'll write them a message back. And we'll do it like nightly. Like while they're getting ready for bed and I'm downstairs doing whatever. They'll write me something about their day. And I'll write them something back while they're sleeping. And then they get it in the morning. So that's always been like a really nice line of communication um, with our kids. And one of the things that I learned in grad school and I take it with me in my practice especially with boys, right? And it's really important for those of you, and, and I'm making a gross generalization over here, but typically boys sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with eye contact is very intimate. And you don't see, and I'm gonna put this in quotations, men, so to speak, having dinner at a restaurant with two people talking, two guys having dinner at a restaurant, like you would see women having dinner at a mm -hmm. restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. If two men are at a restaurant, they're typically sitting at the bar watching TV because having that face-to-face -face interaction is not a typical male thing to do. It's hmm. too intimate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I always recommend with you know clients that have like teenage boys, go for a drive. Hmm. You're going to get, and I've had moms say, oh my God, you're so right. They talk to me so much in the car. Go for a drive, play basketball, shoot hoops, go for a walk, do something that doesn't involve the eye contact. Hey everyone, I wanted to remind you of our final show sponsor. And this is one that you're gonna wanna hop on board with. Just yesterday, one of my friends texted me, what's your code for Skylight Frames? And I said, M-O-M-S. Because with the holidays right around the corner, I know you're scrambling for last minute gifts and Skylight is an incredible gift for anybody in your life. So story time, I gave my grandparents a skylight frame during the pandemic and they absolutely loved it. First of all, it was super easy to set up, 60 seconds or less, you just plug it in, use the touch screen to connect your wireless network and enjoy. I like to preload some pictures on there so when I give it to them and they turn it on, there's already images there. But like I said, there's a personalized skylight email address that you can give to everyone in your family or friends or whoever. They can send photos through that email address and it will automatically upload to the frame. 
other frames, you have to physically be there to upload new images, but not with Skylight, and that is what I love so much about it. Plus, they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and so they'll offer you a full refund if you don't absolutely love it, but I know you will. My grandparents have loved it, and we have loved sending them pictures as well. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code MOMS. That's right, to get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com, enter code MOMS. That's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E.com, promo code MOMS. Use the code just like my friend who texted me yesterday and give the gift that keeps on giving. Now let's finish with Julie. What are the biggest struggles, like top three struggles that you see kids facing today? And what are your top tips for how we as parents can help support them through those struggles? Um, Social media, number one. Um, And one of the ways to do that is, you know, is really monitoring them. Um, I, I, like I said before, start where you want to end. So I have a daughter, she's 11 years old. She's in sixth grade now. She just got her cell phone. I'm not at this point in my life, very concerned in terms of like what she's doing online, her safety, who she's talking to, what type of texts are going on. Like we haven't hit that point yet. Mm -hmm. However, I do know that we're going to get there. So I'm not naive to it, but I've put in the restrictions. I've put in the discipline in place now where she knows that I have an app that's monitoring her. I've got, you know, to approve certain things. A lot of times what we do as parents is we're reactive as opposed to proactive. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, I think, really important for parents. Okay. If you're paying the bills, even if you're not paying the bills, if the kid is in the house, like, you're, you have that right as a parent to monitor some of those situations. And so once you establish that with your kid and hopefully as soon as you possibly can so that they know to expect it. Like she mm-hmm. even said like the other day, she's like, guys, you know, my mom's going to get this text. So it's an <laughs> app called Bark. Yeah. And it, I, I can't read her text. I don't, I mean, I can, but I don't need to read her text. But if there is something concerning that happens in the text, I get notified from it. Oh, I love that. What's it called? It's called Bark. Okay. Interesting. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. And so it monitors it. It gives them their privacy. But at the same time, I can say drugs, alcohol. I mean, anytime she talks about COVID or, you know, whatever it may be, I get notified. Hmm. But I'm not reading all of her texts. Oh, interesting. I love that. And I love what you're saying about that proactivity approach. Because so many times, I mean, the people listening, these are extraordinary moms. Like, we are not dumb. We are not naive. We know what's out there. And yet so many times we think, but not my kids. That's where we fall. That like, that's where we falter, right? We think we're doing everything we can to like kind of bubble wrap them and and create these wonderful kids. And we just think not my kid. And it's just not that way. And so that's where I think us as parents need to be real with ourselves and think, okay, this is all out there. So what conversations do I need to have? What safeguards do I need to put into place before it ever becomes a problem? Because the dissension and the tension between you and your kids is going to happen when you're trying to put out the fire in the middle of the emergency, not when you are telling them, I trust you. 
and I want to help you and this is how I'm going to do that and this is how you're going to build your trust, right? It becomes punitive, right? So like if you have to start doing all these safety features in the heat of the moment when there's an issue, now it's it's a battle. Now Now it's it's a punishment. Yes. Yeah, versus just uh, I love you and this is why I'm doing it. And I right. support And we're going to always do this, right? right? Whether right. So it's not a trust thing because there's no reason for yep. me not to trust her at this point. Yep. You know, yep. it has nothing to do with trust. It has to do with me loving you and trying to keep you safe. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay. So social media is a big thing. Anything else that really stands out to you right now as a struggle that kids are having? I mean, you know, peer pressure, which has always been the case, right? Yeah. Um, peer pressure, cutting there's just so much like there's you know interesting there's a lot there's a lot um and with social media and bullying and not having the screen attached to like have you ever noticed that like you could talk I know for myself right if I'm getting frustrated with a customer service person and I'm on the phone I can be a lot harsher than I would be in a store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're all guilty of that. Yeah. And that's what's happening with social media with these kids is they feel that they can do and say anything because it's through a screen Mm -hmm. and there's not real emotions put into place. And that's why I say, you know, kind of like what I've talked about before, keep the electronics out of your room Mm -hmm. because – Nothing good happens on social media when kids are by themselves in their room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very simple rule to – it's easy to enforce and, yeah, can, can mitigate a lot of those concerns. I know I yeah. was at the grocery store um, right after middle school let out, and it was a grocery store near middle school. And I – this was just the other day. And I came home nearly in tears to my husband like, kids these days like it just blew my mind what I was seeing the language the way they were treating each other it was just so much more extreme than it was you know 30 years ago when when I was in school and it just made me so sad thinking of sending my child into that lion's den next year we only have a seventh and eighth grade middle school thank goodness and I don't know how can we help set our kids up for success as we know we are sending them into a world where they're going to have to to confront the bullying, the the negative talk, you know, lots of controversial behavior. How how do we do that? No, it, I, I hear you. It's 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 hard. It's definitely hard. One of the lessons that actually my sixth graders, because when I was a middle school, when I was a uh, school counselor, it was a K through sixth grade, so similar probably to where you're at. Mm-hmm. And one of the lessons that I did with my sixth graders that they absolutely loved is we did a lot of um, how to be um, assertive. Mm. And we did a lot of role-playing assertive training. And you would be amazed. Like, so I would do like an assertive lesson. We would talk about how to use our voice, how to use posture, right? Mm. And that's so important to teach kids that I don't think parents really take the time to teach that because there's a difference. There's some kids that do get targeted with the bullying and all of that because you can look at them and you can tell that their posture and their presence is just not what it needs to be, right? Mm -hmm. So role-playing, even with your kids, is fantastic in terms of like, what do you do when somebody says, hey, come and take this, come and try this, come and do this, like, Again, proactively arming your kids with the tools and the words and the and the verbiage that makes it sound like them 
right? Mm -hmm. And let them practice that even in front of a mirror is so good so that when they're confronted with it, and it's not if, like, let's be honest, it's when they're confronted with it, they have the resources and they've practiced it. Yeah. And they're going to laugh at you in the moment when you ask them to do this. They're going to think this is so dumb, but they're not going to think it's so dumb when, like you said, when it happens that they are not caught off guard and they have something that they can pull out of their invisible backpack, right? In order to utilize that. Absolutely. Well, this has just been, excuse me. This has just been so helpful, so actionable, Julie. I am so excited for people to pick up your warrior backpack. Where can people buy your new book? This is awesome. Oh, thank you. So I'm on Amazon. It's a self-published book on Amazon. So if you type in the Warrior Backpack book, make sure you put book at the end because there's all these backpacks that break above (laughs) me. Um, (laughs) Or you type in my name, Julie Reynolds, you'll see it there on Amazon. And it comes with, I also have a journal um, that I attached, you know, in addition to, to kind of have kids track their feelings and how they're feeling and then throughout the, you know, each day. And then if they had to use a strategy, what strategy did they use from the book? Oh, what a neat thing. That is so cool. How empowering. And they'll be able to see your daughter's artwork. That is, she's an illustrator. That is so great. Is there anywhere else that people can find you online, Julie? Um, you can, yeah, I'm on every social media outlet. I do a ton of anxiety tips. It's kind of how it all started is over on TikTok. I like to say oh, really? TikTok made me do it. Um, <laughs> I started doing anxiety tips on TikTok and those are the ones that have like really taken off and wow. fast forward. I've got like 55,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> I've got people messaging me like, thank you so much for your tips. They help so much. Um, so if you need help with anxiety and stuff, my other social media, my Facebook is a little bit more about my online businesses, but like my true passion, so to speak, going back to my roots as to who I am as a therapist, you'll find me more over on TikTok. <laughs> awesome. That is so wonderful. So we'll link everything at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com where people can find you. I always ask my guests one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Hang in there. <laughs> Simple as that. Hang Julie, in there. Thank you so much for coming on the show and best of luck and congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, Jessica. I'm so grateful for people like Julie that are willing to share their expertise and write children's books to help support us in our parenting journey as we're addressing challenging topics with our kids and uncharted territories for us as parents. So check out her children's book. I'm going to link it at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. And obviously you can follow her online as well to continue on that education. If you're on TikTok, sounds like that's the place to be with her. (laughs) If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3. And like I said, our podcast website is extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Alrighty, we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.